Good morning, church. We would like to welcome you to the Groveport United Methodist Church. My name is Rachel Ricker, and I will be your worship guide this morning and all through August. Yeah, nice long month just with me. Woo! So in terms of announcements, we still have two sessions for Meet the Pastor. There's one today, and then there'll be one August 27th after service. There will also be a, another meetup for kids and families. That'll be September 24th, and that will be a pizza lunch. So make sure you sign up on the Genius link in the bulletin. We're going to be having a backpack blessing today for uh, the children during the children's moment for back to school. Free Friday will be this week, the 18th. Make sure if you want to help volunteer, you're here at the church at 4.30, and you can always contact Susan if you want to help. There you are. Hi. Hmm? Yeah, you're just messing me up now, huh? <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> Uh, the, there will be a trustees meeting Thursday, August 17th at 6 p.m. The ministry table meeting is scheduled for Saturday, August 26th at 9 a.m. The Lillian Faith free clothing giveaway was a huge success yesterday. Woo! So, yep. We served 60 families and received a $20 donation. Thank you to Pastor Rick and all the ladies that helped from Lillian Faith Circle. Thank you to all those who donated as well. There's still quite a bit left over, so if you would like to go shopping after church yourself, you're more than welcome to. It's been kind of like put away and stacked up in boxes. If you want to take the whole box, go for it. Just <laughs> whole new wardrobe for you. The Claire feeding his children that we will prepare a meal and take to Claire on August 26th. Volunteers can contact the church office. Grief Share group will begin a new group on Thursday, August 31st from 7 p.m. Grief Share, that's just a special weekly seminar. It is a way uh, that we're able to support each other and help rebuild your life after a loss. If you are also interested in church membership or baptism, there's going to be a group scheduled September 10th with Pastor Rick. So if you want more details, you can contact the church office. Finally, the upper room, we have the new booklet uh, for September and October. It's available back there uh, in the back of the sanctuary. Definitely grab one of those and do those on your own. Are there any other announcements that I missed? Okay. Let's prepare our hearts for worship as we give our quiet attention to the prelude and the lighting of the candles.
everyone. You ready to wake up? Ooh. Okay, wait, let me back up there a little bit. You ready to wake up? Let's all stand as you're able and let's sing This Is The Day. And if you want to clap and get it going, let's, let's get it going. call to worship. How beautiful is the word of the Lord. How wise are God's commandments. Through the Lord's precepts we gain understanding. Through God's wisdom we find truth. The Lord is our God, we are God's people. God's word lives within us, for it is written on our hearts. Living word, great teacher, lead us and guide us. Amen. And now let's sing this great old hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Oh, my God. 
please join me in the prayer of confession. From the least of us to the greatest, Lord, we want to know you. We yearn to follow where you lead us. We need your guidance. But even as we listen for your direction, other voices compete for our attention with teachings that suit our desires. Our thoughts drift so far from your truth that fables and fancies begin to seem real. Holy One, open our hearts and minds. By your Spirit, convince, rebuke, and encourage us as only you can. Teach, correct, and inspire us in the ways of your salvation. Amen. When we cry out, God helps us without delay. Do not lose heart, for the Lord forgives our iniquity and remembers our sin no more. Please be seated. The first scripture reading is found in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. probably wondering why I'm holding a mailbox. <laughs> I didn't get the mail yesterday, so I thought I would just open it with you and see what I got, but no. Uh, this is uh, to help us as we do our 512 prayer together. If you remember from last week, we uh, began praying uh, daily a prayer for God's breakthrough for our church, for God to uh, show us a vision for where we are going and to show us where new life and new possibilities are occurring in our church. And what we're going to do is we're going to sit this in the back somewhere uh, and there'll be these uh, papers back there. And if you see God uh, doing something new in your life and the life of this church, if God is really speaking to you, um, uh, um, I want you to write that down on this paper and, and put it in the mailbox, and uh, I'll be checking it regularly, and it'll be a way for us to share how we are seeing God's uh, manifold love and grace uh, make itself real here at Groveport United Methodist Church. So uh, when you see the mailbox back there, you, you will know what that is for And now is the time in which we can come to the Lord in prayer. If you have a prayer concern, uh, there is a um, blue sheet here in your bulletin. You can fill that out and throw that into the offering plate. And those prayer concerns uh, will be uh, prayed for. And... Uh, also, um, if you would like to send it, a, a prayer concern to the church, uh, or if you are watching online and would like to send a prayer concern, uh, the email address is there on your screen, 
And uh, you can even send a prayer concern uh, by the good old U.S. Postal Service. They still deliver here most days of the week. And uh, uh, that'll be sure to, to get to us as well. Well, as I said, now is our time of prayer. If you have something heavy on your heart today and you would like to be prayed for, uh, I would invite you to come forward and to, to kneel at the uh, uh, pr prayer rails and someone will pray with you. Um, and allow this to be a time in which the Lord's Spirit talks to your soul. God, you have called us not only to be disciples, but to make disciples. Help us be grounded in your word and recognize where you are at work in each of our lives. Let your light and love shine through us so our lives are witness to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Grant wisdom and discernment to those who face difficult decisions and, and situations, especially when it relates to family, finances, or employment. Enable them to think clearly and have confidence in the process. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, comfort all who grieve, those who mourn the loss of a loved one, as well as those who mourn changes in life circumstances. May they find hope in the promise of the resurrection. We especially remember this morning the family of Annabelle Goodman, who passed away this past week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. 
Bring healing and grace, O Lord, to those who are recovering from surgery or illness. Please remember Delmer and Bill and all those who have been in the hospital this week. We also ask for your healing hand to rest upon Melva and Susie and Pug and, and upon Barbie and Jim and Donna, on David and Jesse and Joyce and, and all of those who are facing health-related issues. And Lord, bring healing to those of us who are unnamed this morning, but still are dealing with health issues. Lord, in your mercy, God, giver of light and life, we give you thanks for the joys in our lives, for this community, for our family and friends, for the pleasure of a summer day and the blessing of being Easter people, people of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we each have unique needs that you know all about, and we now silently bring them before you. in your mercy hear our prayers thank you for all that you do for us and we especially thank you this day for Jesus he is our Lord and our Savior and the one who taught us to pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And now would the children like to come up for our children's moment? And if you brought a backpack with you, bring it as well, if you would. All right. All right, I am going to, I'll come down this way. I am going to stand up for this one. One, because I'm going to pass out some stuff. And two, I'm old, and if I go down, I might not get back up. <laughs> so, well. all right. So, for a number of you, this week is 
the start of something special. Who would like to tell me? Robert. School! Who's starting school this week? Woo! I know, was that, a, was that a Target commercial, or what commercial was that where, the, where like the parents were like dancing down the, the halls of the office supply? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some long faces up here, but there's some real happy faces out there. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, to uh, send you on your way to school and to uh, remind you of God's love and this church's love for you, uh, we are going to do a couple of things. First, uh, we are going to pass out two things. First is a little card that you can put in your backpack or your purse or uh, whatever it is you carry to school. And on the front, it has a little Bible verse from Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then there's a little prayer on the, the back that says, may you play every day and learn all you can. May you stay flexible when they change the game plan. May you have lots of fun with old friends and new and know every day how much God loves you. All right, so we're going to put that in your backpack. And then, because you guys all need things, uh, the church is going to give you a gift card to Walmart uh, so you can finish getting stuff for school, okay? So be sure to hang on to these. So here's one for you. All right. Now, is there anybody who is super excited about school starting and want to share why they're excited? All right, Colleen, why are you excited? You like school, and you want to get away from your family. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you mean that in the most Christ-centered, loving way possible. And how do I say this in a, in, in, in a polite way? I, I'm sure, to a certain extent, the feeling is probably a little mutual. Um, you yeah, most, <laughs> most definitely is. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, anybody else excited about school starting? <gasps> you excited? What are you excited most about? First grade. <gasps> oh, super excited, huh? You're going to first two, aren't you? Yeah. Jim? Yep, Jim. Jim is super, super popular. Lunch? I got to tell you, elementary school, there was nothing better than those little square pizzas they used to give you with, with like the pepperoni with the grease in them. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Very cool. Nice. All right. And 
why don't we send you guys off with a little prayer? Today, we have before us backpacks to be carried to and from school by the, the children and the youth gathered here. These backpacks will contain work to be done, work that needs to be returned. Yep, make sure we return that work. Books to be studied, tools to complete that homework, like pencils, notebooks, pens, crayons, scissors, and computers. Someday, so much stuff will fill these backpacks that the student may find it difficult to walk. Other days, they will be light and nearly empty. And the parents will ask, do you have homework? And the student will say, no. <laughs> but on each and every day, these backpacks represent work required of students gathered here. And as in every aspect of life, we bring these before God for blessing at this time. Let us pray. Gracious God, we lift to you today these students. They stand here ready to receive your blessings, and they commit themselves to study and learning in the school year ahead. We ask your blessing on each and every one of them. Further, we ask your blessing on these backpacks, that they will hold the schoolwork for each student and will be carried from home to school and back again. And as these students carry these backpacks, may they be reminded of the love and the care of this congregation that surrounds them each school day. We pray as well for the teachers and administrators in our schools. May they also be sustained by your blessing. May they be reminded that this congregation embraces their call to teaching and learning and surrounds them with love and care as well. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who we seek to follow day by day. Amen. All right. Well, you guys have a great week at school if you're starting. If you're not starting school this week, woohoo! A little more freedom for you. And just know that God will be with you, and um, we are very proud of you. Okay. All right. You guys ready to head off to junior church? All right. If you just want to pause them. Yeah. Now time for our Sunday offering. There's lots of ways that you can give your offering. You can give through the Ezekiel app. You can give via the church website. You can send a, che a check by the mail uh, as well. You can always put it in the offering plate too. So if you all would please stand for the doxology. Still no. Still no. Still not right. I know. We even talked about it. If the ushers will come.
Now will you please stand for the doxology? <laughs> Gracious God, you have granted us wisdom, understanding, and knowledge far greater than that of any teacher. You have given us love and grace freely from your abundance. As you have shared your gifts with us, we share these gifts with you, that all the world may know you. As you have led us by the hand, we offer our hands to your service. In praise and thanksgiving, amen. You may be seated. The second scripture reading is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And a quick word of prayer. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. So we are continuing looking at ways in which we can grow in being a follower of Jesus. And last week we talked about, um, what did we talk about? That's right, prayer. We talked all about prayer last week, didn't we? And we uh, talked about the importance of prayer and how uh, prayer transforms our life, and we've been doing our uh, 512 prayer. And again, I encourage uh, everyone to join me at 
5.12 p.m. as we pray this prayer. Uh, you can also uh, watch on our Facebook page. I'll be on there at 5.12 uh, sharing uh, in this prayer with you. Well, today we are moving on to something else we can do to grow as disciples of Jesus, something John Wesley, the, the founder of the Methodist movement, called the means of grace, those things that, that open us to God's transforming love. And probably next to prayer and, and, and worship, the most powerful way that we can open ourselves to God and his movement in our life is through the reading of Scripture. How many of you brought a Bible with you today? Some. Now, we don't do that as often as we used to. For one, we have Bibles in front of you. And most of our, our Bible readings now are on the screen, which I think is kind of cool. But how many of you own a Bible at home? How many of you read that Bible on a regular basis? Well, I was uh, looking at some statistics here uh, this past week. And interesting um, that uh, according to uh, Zondervan, there are more than 400 different versions of the Bible for sale today different languages, uh, different translations, some that are made for teens. Uh, there are uh, Bibles for seniors. There are Bibles for just about any conceivable uh, aspect of, of life out there. And Get this, the average American Christian owns nine Bibles. Now, do we read all nine at the same time? I counted this week. I own 23. But it's kind of, you know, a, uh, uh, a professional hazard of mine, right, to, to own a lot of Bibles. The Bible, believe it or not, is so popular that it's excluded from the New York Times bestseller lists every year because if they didn't, it would be the number one bestseller each and every year. There are 1.68 million Bibles sold each month. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. And there are... 115,000 Bibles that are given away or distributed every single day around the world. There's a lot to the Bible. Yet, how much do we really know about it? How much do we as Christians really even read it? Well, that's what we're going to look at uh, a little bit here this morning. But before we do, I thought I would start some things off with puns. Because who doesn't like some good dad joke puns in the morning? 
So let's see if you can, can, can come up with the answer to this. In the book of Genesis, what did Adam and Eve do after they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden? Anybody? What did they do after they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden? The answer, they raised Cain. It gets no better. If you were expecting better, I am sorry. What animal did Noah find it difficult to trust? The cheetah. Yeah. Well, if you thought that one was bad, this one's no, no better. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? Remember Boaz in the Old Testament? He was ruthless. I'll be here all week, two shows on Sunday. <laughs> but there is a lot about the Bible that those of us who have even gone to church almost every Sunday our entire lives don't know. And I found this out when I went to seminary. I grew up in the church. Went to Grove City United Methodist Church my entire life. First 25 years of my life, I thought I knew my Bible. That is, until I took a New Testament class in seminary. Professor came in and began to talk about the different books of the Bible and was giving us some uh, uh, different quotes from the Bible that we were going to be learning about. Now, I expected that I was going to, to experience some parts of the Old Testament that I didn't know much about. I mean, let's face it, when was the last time you heard, heard a whole Bible series on the book of Habakkuk, right? But the New Testament, I figured I knew. And then the professor said this. He goes, I want you to turn to the book of Philemon. I thought he was kidding. I'd never heard of the book of Philemon, ever, in my entire life, to that point. I didn't even know it existed. And so I thought it was a joke until I looked around and saw everybody else opening their Bibles. And I thought, uh-oh, Rick, you better get to the, to the content section page of the book and find out what this is. And sure enough, Philemon is a one-chapter book in the New Testament. How many of you have ever read the book of Philemon? Be honest. The book of Philemon is a letter from Paul. Uh, Paul is writing um, uh, to a guy uh, named Philemon, a friend of his, about a runaway um, uh, uh, servant of his named Onesibus. And uh, Paul is telling Philemon he needs to treat Onesibus well because he is a believer in Jesus and, um, um, and that uh, Onesibus is of use to Paul and has been very kind to Paul and, and he wants his friend to treat him well. That's all it is. It's, it's just a, a real quick letter from the Apostle Paul to this guy named Philemon. I had no idea. My world was rocked. We can all learn something about the Bible. No matter how long we've been in church, no matter how much we've read it. 
But that's the thing here. You have to read it to know it. So when we read our Bible, there are really four ways that we can view it. The first is as a library. Okay? There are a total of 66 books in the Bible, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. The Old Testament is telling the story of the uh, Jewish people and how they become God's chosen people and how through them the world will be saved through the coming Messiah. Then you have uh, the 27 books of the New Testament which tell the story of Jesus. Right? They tell the story of Jesus and then they tell the story of the early church and, 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 and how those who came to believe that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of the world, and, and, and how they uh, began to uh, incorporate that knowledge, that information into their lives and into their culture around them. And, you know, the really cool thing about the Bible as a library is that it's the only kind on the planet because it is God's breathed, inspired, eternal truth that is being shared in those books. Now, all the books of the Bible tell the story of God's redemptive work for humanity, which culminates in Jesus Christ. Another way uh, we can look at the Bible is as sacred scripture. The Bible is the revealed word of God. I love this quote from Billy Graham. Billy Graham says, If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. To know what God is calling us to do, to know what God wants us to do, we need to read the Bible that he gave us. Read the Bible. Over the years, I've had people say, Pastor Ray, where should I start reading the Bible? And my answer is usually wherever you want. And that's kind of a flippant question, or a flippant answer, I should say. I think the best place to start reading the Bible is one of the Gospels. Because it tells all about Jesus, right? The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, tell the story of Jesus. Uh, it's a story. It's easy to follow. And it gets to the heart of why we are Christians. It doesn't really matter which of the four Gospels you pick. Uh, all of them tell the same eternal truth. That God loved us so much that he came in Jesus. And he lived to teach us how to live together. How to be God's people. And then he died on that cross to forgive our sins. And then he rose again. To give us the hope of everlasting life. Now, when we read the Bible, the writers, and there were many different ones, were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. But 
just like anything, when we are inspired by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit to do something, there's still a little bit of us in the writings. And so that's why when we read the different books of the Bible, we can get a little bit, uh, a little taste of, of the writers themselves in it um, and their perspectives. For instance, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all kind of different. In fact, uh, Mark and John don't even have the birth story in the Bible. Only Luke and Matthew have that. But they're all important. And just because they're all a little different doesn't make one better than the other. It just means that God chose extraordinary men to write this Bible. And a little bit of them shines through. My friends, perhaps most importantly, the Bible is God's message of salvation for us. Whatever we need to know about salvation can be found in the pages of the Bible. Everything. Now, the Bible may not be able to, to teach us everything we need to know about living life, right? It may not be able to tell you how to get your internet to start working again. But it's got all the information you need to know about salvation, about Jesus, about God's love for you. The Bible can also be seen as a guide to faith in life. John Wesley has this great quote. Try all things by the written word and let all bow down before it. You are in danger of fanaticism every hour if you depart ever so little from scripture, yea, or from plain literal meaning of a text taken in connection with the context. So the Bible is a guide for how to live. Now, as I said, it's not going to necessarily tell you how to get your car to work. Although praying for your car when it breaks down uh, is a tried and true uh, aspect of being a Christian. but the Bible will give you the fundamentals needed to live a life that is honoring to God. When we read a passage of Scripture and we want to uh, apply that passage of Scripture to our lives or, or, or a situation that, that we are going through, uh, there's a couple of questions that I always like to ask. One what did this passage mean to its original hearers? Why was this passage written? What did the people who first read it think? The second is, what part does this passage play in the total witness of the Bible? Where does it fit in? The third is, what does God seem to be saying to my life, my community, my world through this passage. How can I take this teaching 
and, and, and apply it to my life? What is God trying to tell me through it? Because the, the Spirit will uh, help you in uh, any situation to apply Scripture to it. And finally, what changes should I consider making as a result of my study? Now, this is the one that hurts the most. What changes should I consider making as a result of my study? My friends, I can tell you from experience, when you read in the Bible, you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden you are convicted in your heart because the Bible says that what you're doing is wrong or what you're doing you shouldn't be doing. It's not a lot of fun. You want to say, you know what? I think this is a typo. You know, I was uh, 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 reading uh, where, where Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you need to give away all, all your possessions and come follow me. And I'm like, oh, that can't possibly be what Jesus meant. <laughs> he did not mean my 75-inch high-def TV in my living room. Mm-mm. This must have been written for my next-door neighbor. It wasn't, though. It's for me. Jesus is saying, hey, how are you spending your money, Rick? How are you with giving? Are, 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 are you spending more money on, on, on luxuries rather than helping those who are in need? The Bible can be very challenging to read, and I think that's one of the reasons I don't read it more. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons a lot of people don't read it more. It's because it's challenging. But that's the point, because it can help us grow in so many ways if we just read it. It's also super, super encouraging. And it's amazing how sometimes when you are, are just needing a pick-me-up, and you open the Bible and you start reading, and, and, and the words on that page kind of fill that hole in your life right now, it's amazing. It happens all the time. So the big question for us this day is, how often do you read your Bible? The latest study uh, conducted about a year ago found that over one-third of U.S. adults read the Bible outside of a worship service once a week or more, which is actually significantly higher than I thought. Around 50% of U.S. adults have used the Bible outside of a worship or church service at least once in the past year. That's more than the percentage of, uh, in the U.S. Of, of adults that go to worship service. That means there are people who never, ever go to a worship service but still open that Bible every once in a while to find comfort, to find hope to find reassurance, to find answers. My friends, I encourage you to open your Bible. Now, if you don't um, know, know where to start or you're like, Pastor Rick, how can I just start reading the Bible? Uh, I would invite you to look on the back of your sermon notes. There are some uh, scripture passages, and I have uh, even uh, printed those for you, so you don't even have to look them up unless you want to. Uh, those are from the uh, NIV Bible, which is the, the one we typically use here in the church. And just, just read one of these a day. Um, 
any book of the Bible is great. Um, I, I would suggest, though, uh, not reading uh, at bedtime the book of Leviticus, unless you want to fall asleep super quick. But outside of that, any book of the Bible you read will be just fine. The important thing is that we read our Bibles and allow Scripture to form us as followers of the risen Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us the gift of your holy word. Help us to use it often so that it may speak to our hearts. Help us to grow as followers of Jesus as well as find hope and inspiration for daily life. We pray all of this in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, this morning we will be uh, celebrating Holy Communion. Holy Communion is, is that time in which we, once again, participate in that last supper that Jesus had with his disciples before his death on a cross. We practice open communion, which means anyone who feels uh, led to by God is more than welcome to participate. Uh, this morning, we will be taking communion by intinction, which means uh, that after uh, the uh, elements are prepared, uh, we will be you'll be invited to come forward, and you will be given a small piece of bread. You will then take that bread and dip it into the juice, and then you uh, will take both of those elements together. If you would, would you join me now in the great thanksgiving? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, our Alpha and Omega, whose strong and loving arms encompass the universe. For with your eternal word and Holy Spirit, you are forever one God. Through your word, you created all things and called them good and in you, we live and move and have our being. When we fell into sin, you did not desert us. You made covenant to be your people Israel and spoke through their prophets. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is Jesus Christ who called you Abba. 
Father. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that will last and for a justice that will never fail. In Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and a living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know your presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. As the grain and the grapes were once dispersed in the fields, are now united on this table in bread and wine, so may we and all your people be gathered from every time and place into the unity of your eternal household and feast at your table forever. Through Christ, in Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, O honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. My friends, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And this, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. All is now ready. I'd like to ask those who will be helping to serve communion to come forward, please.
All is now ready. I invite you to come forward. If you uh, are unable to come uh, uh, up, just stay where you are and we will provide some elements to you in your seat. Let us now partake in the Lord's Supper.
body and the blood of Christ given to you. Let us pray. Lord, as we have received the bread and the juice, let it be for us your body and blood. Shed for us. And Lord, you shed yourself for us, knowing who we are. And you gave yourself for us because you love us just as we are. Broken, scared, often confused. Yet through you, we can be made whole. Through you, we can live lives of importance, lives that are better than we could ever imagine. Thank you for this special time in which we can spend with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing just one verse of Open My Eyes That I May See. I'm reminded of a song I learned many years ago. B-I-B-L-E. Any of you know that? All right. Do you want to sing it with me? Please, because I don't want to do a solo. All right. B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. B-I-B-L-E. Let us go and stand on the word of God this week as we live our lives. God will be with us. Amen. Amen. Amen.